Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show that's for you. Those of you who work so hard for your money and you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom and cash flow today, not 30 or 40 years from now, but right now so you can live that life that you love with those you love. And guys, we know it's not just about getting rich. It's about creating a rich life because as you're more blessed, you're blessed financially and in other ways, you have a greater capacity to bless the lives of those around you. Guys, that is the ripple effect I am here to create today. Thank you for allowing me to do so by tuning in and sharing this with others and allowing this movement to grow to create at least 1,000 of you financially independent by the year 2030. As a reminder, if you have not done so already, go subscribe to our channel, the Money Ripples channel. Subscribe, like this podcast, share it with others. Please, let's get the word out so we can help others become prosperous like ourselves. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income, from making at least double-digit returns on your money. And get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp. does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually return double-digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA-friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. If you want to learn more about that, go check out Secured Investment Corp. Dot com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. Okay, guys, so I want to talk today about, are you really recession-proof? Is your plan recession-proof? And this is regardless of whether we go into a recession or not, even if it's a flat economy, which is kind of a dead economy, are you able to be safe in this kind of time? And so I'm really building on what was last week when I talked about the outlook to have on the market there and really your key to freedom and financial freedom in 2023. I invite you, if you haven't done so already, go back and listen to episode number 675. Very important topics that I want you guys to be able to address and really ponder on and figure out how to implement in your own lives. Now, I want to talk about this because I've had people tell me before, like in comments, stuff in the course, comments on social media doesn't mean we have brilliant people talking, right? But people bring up points that often are the general consensus. It might seem lacking common sense when you really start to look at money with common sense, especially with investing and everything else. But again, it's about how we've been brainwashed for many, many years by financial experts, by really the financial institutions, the bigger banks and the bigger companies like your Merrill Lynch's of the world your Fidelities, even your Edward Jones advisors are all been brainwashed by the same people passing this information down to you, which has only cost you your freedom, not them. By the way, you know what pisses me off? The fact that a financial advisor makes money whether you do or not. I wanted to ask you, did your financial advisor still make money last year even if you lost money in the stock market? And if you have a 401k, guess what? You have a financial advisor making money on that or at least a financial institution making money. But there's probably a representative making money on those assets under management, whether you've made money or not. Now, someone might argue, yeah, but Chris, the market went down 20%, so they kind of got a pay cut. Not if you kept funding it, not if you kept putting money in, right? And and one of these comments I heard recently, they said, well, the S&P 500 is the safest, most diverse place in the world, right? And I've said this in other podcasts before, but I want to come back to that. 
Because is it really diverse? First off, the SP 500 is controlled by about six companies. The majority of the influence is the six big companies, right? We're talking about the Amazons, the Apples, the Googles. We're even talking about, heck, like companies like Netflix, Tesla, even, right? All these huge companies that are affecting the price of the market. Now, if they work independently of all the rest of the market, all the different stocks you're in, right? This means you could actually be suffering and vice versa. What if those big companies suffer more than the rest of America? If those big companies have bigger losses and you're in the S&P 500, guess what? You're not really diverse, are you? Not to mention you're in equities. And last year in 2022, guess what? It didn't matter if you had money in stocks or bonds, you lost money, didn't you? Didn't matter where you put it. And so I want to kind of come to a financial advisor's point of view because I was that guy. I get it. Again, I'm not ripping on financial advisors from a character standpoint. I would say the vast majority of financial advisors have good intentions, have very good intentions. They have just been taught something that doesn't work. Okay. And they've been taught this for so long and people have believed it for so long that people just accept it as truth. They think this is what it's got to be. But those of us, those of us that actually create a real financial freedom and you won't find it among financial advisors clients and you won't even find it among financial advisors. Those of us that created true financial freedom where we're financially independent, those of us that have done that laugh at this kind of advice because it doesn't work. I didn't believe it at the time. As a financial advisor, I thought all these alternative investments like putting money in real estate and stuff, that was a ridiculous notion. The stock market's the best place, the highest returning place ever, okay? So nine or 10%. I've had somebody saying like, they're making nine or 10%. Actually, no, they're not. SP 500 is making closer to less than 8%. It's closer to about 7.7% over the last 30 years. That's the actual yield averaged out. Well, that's not very impressive, is it? Not to mention that kind of just keeps pace with inflation. If you look at the real rates of inflation, which have been closer to about 7% per year. So it just means you're keeping up with inflation, which is why whatever you save per year is about what you can live on per year if you focus on these mutual funds. Now, I want to bring up something that's pretty important here. So I have a friend, David Phelps, Dr. David Phelps. He's a former dentist. Now he actually teaches dentists how to become financially free. I'm one of his trust advisors of his group, so I get his newsletter. So I'm going to quote from his article. Primarily, the thing I'm quoting is actually the financial advisor. Understand that this financial advisor was actually talking to one of their dental members, right, in their community. And so they sent him this email, and this is a part two I'm taking. I didn't want to take them all, but here's a part two. It's funny because I see this comic right on the front of this and it reminded me, I kept a Dilbert quote, right? In fact, I have it somewhere saved. But the Dilbert quote, if you guys remember the Dilbert comic strips, the Dogbert actually was the one that was the financial advisor. And he starts yelling at this person saying, you are a financial troglodyte. If you know what a troglodyte is, it's like the prehistoric billions of years ago, like the little underwater thing has like little scales. You see it a lot of times like fossils and things like that. Basically, you're a financial troglodyte. You're an idiot, right? And the guy's like, when do I start getting advice? He's like, not until I'm done with you, right? That's the thing is like, again, financial advisors for the most part aren't this bad. And this guy, I can tell too, he's not this way. I would guess based on my experience being a financial advisor, this guy has been a financial advisor for 10 years or less. That's my guess here, okay? So he's talking about, because the guy's saying, hey, I'm looking to do an alternative investing like real estate and so forth. And so they talk about inflation was one of the things brought up. And the financial advisor said this, he says, well, can we control this? What are the alternatives? What gives you the confidence that the alternatives referring to alternative investments, will be insulated from inflation? I love this question because it's a great question because the truth is stocks are not supported by inflation. Sometimes they can rise with inflation as long as people keep buying. But once we come to a head, like we saw in 2022, it goes down, right? Now, he's looking only at real estate, thinking of real estate prices going up and down. Here's the truth. Of the last several recessions, only was it in the 2008 crisis, the financial crisis there, which was 
kind of a big exception to the rule. That's when we actually saw real estate prices go from a price that was lower from the start to the end of that recession. Most of the time, even in recessions, real estate either holds her value or even goes up in value. That's been the case for many of the previous recessions. The last one, though, that's one people remember because it hurt badly and just stocks got hurt, bonds got hurt, everything got hurt. The people that were safe, though, was the other thing he didn't address. One is a protection from inflation. Real estate values do tend to rise with inflation, especially if you have real assets. But two, the one thing he didn't mention was cash flow. And I get it because as a financial advisor, I never even considered this option. Is the cash flow coming in? When there's inflation, it also can mean rents costs go up. You get to rise with inflation. So are you protected? 100%? No. But are you protected more than the stock market? 100%? Yes. <laughs> You're definitely more protected than the stock market doing those kind of things. So I had to bring that one up. Here's another quote from his email that he said to the client. He says, you do own real estate. You own the most highly profitable real estate companies in the world. I'll show you. Also, Applebee's owns their locations and you own shares of Applebee's. Therefore, you directly own real estate by owning them. Okay, so two things. One, he's talking about you do own real estate because companies own it. McDonald's owns it, right? Maybe he has his REITs in his portfolio. I don't know. REITs being Real Estate Investment Trusts or REITs. Many times we'll have people come to us saying, well, I have real estate, I have REITs. Does not count. Do not invest in REITs, okay? Again, put a disclaimer on here. I'm not giving investment advice. But if you think buying REITs means you're buying real estate, you are incorrect. That is false. Owning REITs is not owning real estate. You are owning essentially a paper asset tied to real estate properties. But again, many of these companies had REITs and bought properties, bought them at horrible prices, horrible values. They didn't buy them wisely. They were just trying to fill their portfolio because people had money to spend. And when people have money to invest and put somewhere, those fund managers feel pressured to find more things. Even if it's crap, they will throw it in there so that it could take more people's money. It's a supply and demand thing that you do not want. You do not want to just buy anything willy-nilly. Why would you buy any real estate property for that matter like that? Personally, you don't want to do it in a fund either. That's why REITs also can lose money, okay? They can actually lose a lot. And there's no cash flow associated with those REITs. You're not getting it. The second point is this. He says, with Applebee's, they own their the land and their restaurants, just like McDonald's does. But guess what? You own zero real estate. There's no recourse. All of it's based on market values. What someone else, even if it's emotional, high or low, feels that a company is valued. Doesn't even have to have logic behind it. You do not own real estate. You have no real tangible assets. You are simply in a share of something. And it's such a minor share anyways. You have zero power, zero control, nothing, nada. You're helpless and you can never, ever be truly financially free if you have no control over your investments. I repeat, you can never become financially free if you have no control over your investments. You will always worry. You will always be scared about the what if scenarios because you can't do anything about it. You feel helpless. Worst times, you become hopeless. Do not ever think that owning stocks is the same as owning real estate. You do not own a real asset that way. Next point is this. He says, here's the other cons of real estate and investing he brings up. He says, large fees because you have closing costs, selling costs, management costs, repair costs, et cetera. Let me address that one. Yeah, there are some fees and costs in there. What are the costs in his fund, right? What are the costs that he has? Doesn't he charge fees whether you make money or not? Just so you know, a lot of these costs can actually already be factored in. So even when I talk about a 10% cash on cash return, understand that's net after you've paid those costs. And that's including closing costs, seller costs. Well, which is kind of selling costs is on the back end. That's if you sell, right? Management costs, property management fees. Yes, that's true. There are management there. And you can have repair costs. That's correct. If you have somebody doing a good job, understanding like how to make sure that the property is rent ready, some of those repair costs can be minimized. 
Also having a good property manager can ensure that you have a good tenant, ensuring that you have good cash flow coming in all the time. That's not something he ever really addresses here. Again, real estate has well outperformed the stock market over these 40, 50 plus years, okay? Not to mention, it's been proven by the 25 million millionaires in the country. The one thing they all have in common, if you look it up, you can Google it, it's fine. They all have real estate, right? Even look up just what they have. Even if it's just their own property, their own house, they all own real estate of some sort. You don't see many of those people, those millionaires, also just having stocks. And it's usually not the stocks that made the millionaires in the first place, okay? The second thing, Connie said, illiquid. How do you get your money out, out of the investment? You have to sell the property, incur all those fees mentioned above. Okay, well, you don't always have to get out. And even if you do, the time you only really get out of those properties, this is only if you're looking at real estate, like rental real estate, that's all he's focused on. That's all he knows, right? Even with rental real estate, you don't get out of it unless you know you can take those funds and use it somewhere else to make more money. And yes, there's all the appreciation, everything else. Think about it. With a stock, you don't get paid income. You can get dividends off a of stock, but the best paying dividend stocks, which aren't that great, those best paying dividend stocks usually don't see a big increase in price fluctuation. There's not a lot of price fluctuation there. It stays more steady. The stocks you see a lot of price fluctuations don't really pay much dividends, right? So you don't often get something that pays good, high paying dividends, double digit dividends, like you're talking about with real estate. Even if it's high single digit dividends, still you don't see that and you'll see the values go up in that property. Again, I don't think you should bank on property values increasing, but historically, that's what they tend to do, especially if you hold it for more than just a few years, okay? So again, talking about liquidity and stuff and it's just, it's a ridiculous point. If you're investing in syndications, right? They, again, may not liquidate it unless it makes sense to sell, unless there's a bigger profit payout. And yeah, even after the fees incur, you still end up making more. Again, to his point, he can't compete with this, okay? He can't compete with what he's talking about here. It's just ridiculous. Oh, he says undiversified. It's the exact opposite of owning thousands of companies with many properties around the world. Okay, granted, thousands of stocks that you could be owning in, But again, every time there's a market swing, most of those stocks go down. They tend to follow suit. There are some that go up, some that go down. But the truth is that at best, even if you get a good mix of different types of stocks that go up or down different times, you just get this muddied return. You don't get very big highs. You don't get very big lows. You just get this muddied, cruddy return, a really mediocre return at best. Okay. But to say you're undiversified is completely false. There are so many more places to invest other than rental real estate. Like I mentioned, syndications, you can be invested in apartment buildings in different parts around the world. Even if you could buy rental properties, you understand that you can buy them in different geographic regions, creating more diversity in different marketplaces, right? In fact, I often recommend that is that you don't just buy in one location. That's ridiculous. You buy in places where they tend to be more boring. They don't have big market swings. They tend to be places where they have higher cash flow, but maybe not as much appreciation. That's awesome. And you can have it in different markets. You can diversify right there. Then if you buy syndications, you get invested in those. You partner with other people and pull your money together in those kind of investments. You're buying anything from apartment buildings. It could be commercial buildings. It could be self-storage units. It could be oil and gas and land that way. And there's so many different markets you can be invested in to smooth that out. Last year, I made a lot of money on land, raw land, right? Raw land where they're able to sell it on terms. My average portfolio had increased by 49% last year on that portfolio, okay? Guys, that's no small potatoes. I can be diversified in so many different ways. And even if I have one deal that might go south, right? Even if there's one property, rental property might go south, I've got the others to help offset it. So I have better diversification in my opinion. And by the way, I don't just have real estate. I don't have that. I also have my business. I invest in Money Ripples too. I do that on purpose. I have multiple revenue streams coming in through Money Ripples. Again, multiple streams of income, just like you can do personally, I recommend. Other ways to diversify is I keep cash on hand, not just in the bank where I make point nothing percent, but I have my infinite banking policy to build and have more cash, especially for 2023 preparing and for 2024 preparing for some of the best opportunities. I'm building more and more cash inside my policies than ever before. 
I'm saving and building it. I'm keeping a place where it's tax-free, protected from lawsuits and creditors, and make a much better return than the stupid bank account, right? So again, I'm keeping it diversified. I want to have that. I can guarantee this guy has not had them ever diversify because if you're in the S&P 500, it's one asset class, just paper assets only. Those paper assets, even if you put them in bonds, are still paper assets. It's not truly diversified. You're not in multiple asset classes. You can actually fall. You can actually fail. My life insurance is a paper asset, but it's got guarantees. My real estate has something that's real tangible backing it up in multiple areas around the country and in multiple types of investments with multiple people. That's how I stay diversified. And then I love this one. He says, side job. You are in one of the most profitable industries on the planet, referring to dentistry. Why take on a side job owning real estate and getting much smaller margins? Now, I will say this. I actually believe that your business can be your number one investment. It can be a great place to invest. But any business owner that's been in business for a while knows there's also a lot of diminishing return. You can invest too much into a business and get very little returns. That's why I always recommend get some of your profits back out of your company. Get it back out, invest in other places to diversify your streams of income. So when he says that you have a side job, he doesn't understand passive income. He's thinking, again, somebody who just buys that property in their backyard or maybe multiple properties and they're plunging toilets and they're cleaning and doing repairs themselves. That's what poor people do, okay? And maybe if you've got very little capital, that's what you have to do in the meantime. Maybe that's how you're making your money. You're putting sweat equity because you don't have financial equity put in. That's fine if you choose to do that. But the vast majority of those who I'm talking to right now, those of us that are my clients, those people that we work with in Money Ripples, they have at least a few hundred thousand dollars to utilize, to use that to put it to better use. And that's passive, meaning that we're not teaching you how to create another side business. We're not teaching you how to do wholesaling or flipping properties. We're helping connect you with those real estate deals, educate you first so you know what you're looking for, connect you to those deals that will help generate passive income for you each and every month or every quarter or every year, depending on how it's paying out. That's the difference. So great cons that he's gave for real estate. Sadly, those cons never really apply much to what we're talking about here. Here's the thing I thought was interesting. Just kind of wrap this up. He talked about bonds as a safe haven. What I love is like bonds can be part of your strategy, especially if you're scared of the stock market. He says this quote, I can personally tell you that I will most likely never own bonds in my portfolio in my lifetime, but my portfolio won't ever be for sale. Hopefully as nothing is guaranteed. Okay, first off, bonds lost money. So what's somebody going to say like, oh, I put in conservative bonds and then they lost money still. What are they going to be saying then? He still got paid, even though he told them to go into bonds. And of course, he says never go into bonds. Well, where's his downside protection? If he's always playing offense, where's his defense? He doesn't have it. His defense in his mind is time. He thinks that with just time, things will eventually go up, work it out. Guys, understand, again, from my experience of being a being a financial advisor before, 20 years ago was a financial advisor, seeing people's portfolios. And also since that time, the last 17 years, right? 17 years I've been out of that profession. I've been seeing other people's portfolios, thousands of people's portfolios, yet I have yet to find somebody who would be financially free saving in these mutual funds out of thousands, right? And it's not because like somebody's like, oh, well, I have millions of dollars. No, there's people with millions of dollars still not financially free. And that's if they have millions of dollars and they have to save hundreds and hundreds of thousands a year to get to that point. It hasn't worked, guys. This is why. And of course, he says he'll never own bonds in his portfolio in his lifetime. I guarantee that if it weren't for him getting paid on his assets under management, he would not be financially free. And I know this why, because I have friends that are financial advisors, guys that get paid half million or millions every year managing people like yours portfolios. They have lots of assets under management. Some of my friends have like hundreds of millions of dollars under management. Well, if they get paid 1%, say it's 250 million they have under management, 1% means they get paid two and a half million dollars a year just to let your money sit there. Really do nothing. 
right? And that's the thing. They really don't do anything. They might say they rebalance your portfolio. What do you do? You still lose money in those market losses. In many cases, you might end up losing more than the market would have been. You probably would have been better off in an S&P 500 fund, which means you'll still lose money. Guys, understand that these guys have told me they say, Chris, like, I want to learn how to do what you do. Like, I want to have passive income because I'm stuck being a financial advisor. I can't quit because I don't want to lose that half a million or two and a half million dollar a year income that I'm getting, even if I didn't get another client. Do you understand what I'm saying, guys? Their pocketbook is keeping them trapped. That's their golden handcuffs. Their golden handcuffs are your money that you're keeping in those funds. They can't even get out of their profession because of that. Now, they could. They could have done what I did and bailed out. But I bailed out pretty early in my career. I wasn't making millions of dollars with assets under management. It was a little easier jump for me than for those guys. But they readily admit that they're not financially free. They're not creating passive income. They're stuck with their income coming from their business. Again, whether you make money or not, they're the ones making money. If you want to be able to make money in the stock market, you just become a financial advisor and just take people's money and just tell them it'll be all fine. That's how you'll become rich in the stock market. Just become a financial advisor and make money on the commissions, not actually making money in the market. Does that make sense? No. Okay. So here's the bottom line, guys. Uh, the bottom line is this, is that I want you guys to become financially free. I don't want you guys to gamble and lose money in the stock market. But because of all this misinformation, because of things that have been taught for so long, and just because a billion people might believe something to be true, never, ever makes it true in real life. Okay? We believe that it only took two weeks to flatten a curve. And look what happened. Three years later, where are we? Okay? People are talking about the triple demics and things like that, right? It didn't happen. Okay, those kind of things, just because we all believe to be true, didn't mean that's actually reality. It doesn't mean that that becomes truth. Okay, this is the same thing taught in the financial advising space. Again, they're teaching things that they're taught from companies. Why do financial companies want you to keep your money there forever? Same reason as financial advisors do. They get paid whether you make money or not. And they're going to tell you, keep putting money in. That guy's talking about never cashing out on his portfolio. Well, why can he say that? Because he's getting paid commissions to say that way. He can get paid commissions on the assets under management. He doesn't need his mutual funds, does he? But you do, if that's all you're focusing on. I'm just going to say this. Look for the alternative. Look for another answer. Guys, we have that answer. We have that answer. I invite you. You want to do something different. You want to create more wealth in your life and actually not live the status quo, not become like the average American who's struggling paycheck to paycheck, wondering in the silent thoughts in their head in the middle of the night, how they're going to be able to stop working, how they're going to be able to take care of their families for good, how they can have any amount of freedom. You don't want to be in that category too. You want to be doing something different by breaking that status quo. It requires you taking the alternative path. Guys, that's what I challenge you to do. For questions, reach out to us at moneyripples.com. Make it a wonderful and prosperous week. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Now.